I don't do any of the editing of our show. Sam is the Sam is the on-air talent. So <laughs> she, she she shows up, she mics up, and she goes from there. back everybody this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast and this week we are bringing you a dcl duo ask me anything so for those of you not familiar with an ask me anything i hope it bears no need for explanation but we put a call out to our patreon community and our facebook group uh maybe in one or two other places for questions for the dcl duo and we basically said you can ask us anything you want it can be about cruising it can be about our show it can be about us and we got some questions back a little shout out thank you to jonathan jennifer and Chris for some great questions. A few of you others, I think, may have submitted questions under names I don't recognize. But anyway, we've got some questions here. Uh, We will be doing these shows on occasion. And so if you are not a member of our Facebook group, you don't follow us on Twitter, or you are not a Patreon, well, join one of those channels and you can ask us anything that you would like and so uh, in a future show. So for now, it's a pretty short episode This uh, for this bonus show. We've got a few questions to answer and we're going to do that right now. So Woo-hoo! let's start with, there's a couple of questions here just about us, Sam, and what we do. And Uh-oh. so there's uh, questions I'll combine here, which is just you and Sam are both lawyers. What is your area of expertise? Do you own your own law firms, represent a single company, etc.? Ah. Sam, you want to start with that? We are both lawyers. I will just confirm that. We're both lawyers. Uh, Sam, you want to provide some details there? You can provide as little or as much as you want. Sure. Uh, so I am, I'll call it a local government lawyer. I work for uh, a local municipality providing representation for the government entity, mostly when it gets sued. So all kinds of lawsuits, uh, personal injury lawsuits, civil rights lawsuits, contract disputes, really, uh, it runs the gamut of a bunch of different kinds of things. But I'm so I'm, I'm what's called a litigator, uh, meaning I deal with lawsuits. Uh, I've been a trial attorney, I was a, a criminal prosecutor before I started doing my my current job and yeah that's what I that's my day job and I, like I said I, I do it for the for the government so I don't represent private individuals or private entities I only represent a local government and so that's what I do Brian what about you well I work for a technology company here in the Pacific Northwest and I, I cannot name which one but I do work for a technology company up here of which there are many. And so I'm an in-house lawyer and my specialty area of practice is employment law or labor and employment law. So I have been doing that my entire career and so I've worked in private practice and now in-house and so re- tend to represent employers in employment disputes. And so that is what I do now. Not exciting. Not as exciting as what Sam gets to work <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's some pretty interesting employment disputes that happen, I know, from having done some litigation in, in the area of employment law as well. So Brian and I have our practice groups do, don't com, don't overlap all too much, but they uh, do overlap in, in some areas. But luckily, the company that Brian works for and the municipality that I work for have not been in litigation with each other, at least as far as either of us knows, or either of us have been involved in. We should say, yeah, yeah, not as of yet. (laughs) Not not yet. Not yet. Not that we've been involved in and uh, I would win. So there we go. (laughs) Uh, There was a question here that we can't answer, which is what is your highest profile case? As you can tell, we we don't want to delve too much into who we work for. And so I think that would probably give it away. But 
appreciate that question. A couple other questions about us personally. This one asks, so I think we've answered for Jennifer what we do for our day jobs or lawyers. Jennifer asked, how and why did you start a podcast? How? I don't, uh, <laughs> why don't we answer why? Why don't yeah, we answer why? Don't why? You, why, don't, why don't you start with why? Because starting this podcast was your idea, Brian. So why don't you tell folks why? Sure. I think it was what, back in like December of 2019, I went downstairs to Sam one evening and I said, you know, why don't we start a podcast? Sam looked at me like I was insane. And then um, I said, well, we love Disney Cruise Line so much. Like, why not start a podcast? There's not a ton of people doing that right now. Shout out to Steve Creasy, but there wasn't a ton of them out there. And we thought we could offer kind of a fun and unique perspective, uh, given our love of cruising, but also our love of (laughs) expensive vacations, I will say. And so there it was. There it was born. We actually brainstormed names that evening. I verified that DCL Duo was available on all of our major social media platforms and registered a domain. And we started off pretty humbly with uh, an iPhone app called Anchor. And then it just blew up from there uh, in terms of the amount of investment we've made in technology, equipment, software. Um, We've evolved a lot over time. We've been a lot of great podcasters who have been mentors to us and shared some of their own learnings and tools and tricks of the trade. And so if you go back and listen to episode one, you can hear a very different podcast than the one we put out today. Um, I don't recommend it, but it's there. (laughs) Well, and you had been a guest. Well, we had both been guests on the DCL podcast, as you said, on Steve's podcast a couple of times, but we had, but you had also been a guest on, um, I think Rope Drop Radio and maybe even one or two others as well before we started the podcast. And I'm a big, what I would call talk radio guy. So like I not, I not really talk radio. I love podcasts. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. I really enjoy the format, which, you know, starts to bleed into the why did we start it? I think, you know, we might have very different reasons for that. I will say the sort of the, the three reasons I started this podcast. One was with our son, it's been difficult for Sam and I to carve out time to have fun with each other. And this was a way for us to sit down for, you know, an hour or so a week and basically just talk about something we both enjoy. And that was one reason. The second reason was we really just kind of wanted to meet some some people who shared our love of Disney Cruise Line and all things Disney. And this podcast has been a great vehicle to meet some fabulous people and even sort of broadened uh, our thinking over kind of the people that we enjoyed uh, meeting. And so we've met some fabulous just cruisers in general, some fabulous authors who we stay in touch with to this day, some other podcasters out in the community. And so that was awesome. It's awesome meeting people. Uh, awesome. Yeah, and- and people geographically that we probably would not otherwise, you know, ever meet, right? People who live all over the country and frankly, even people who live in other countries um, that we might not have met. And also people maybe demographically different than us, you know, people older than us, people younger than us, people without kids, people with older kids, right? So uh, people that we wouldn't necessarily organically meet just because of where we are in our lives and where they are in their lives. And I'll say the third reason that I really kind of have now really embraced this and gotten into it is, you know, I've never been, I've never really had a creative outlet. I've never been good with drawing or sculpting or tried to play the guitar. And I'm just, you know, I'm not great at that stuff, but I view this as another creative outlet uh, of storytelling and, you know, interviewing guests, editing the show. You know, we're now trying to work with video a little bit and, you know, learning to edit video and all that sort of stuff. And so this is, this is kind of my creative outlet to get me a little bit out of my comfort zone. So really the three reasons I did this were 
you know, I wanted that creative outlet. I wanted to meet some new friends and I wanted to spend some time with Sam in a way that was just the two of us. So, you know, there you go. That's my whys. I don't know if Sam has any other, any other whys. So I would agree with the, the first two for, for me, the meeting other people and spending time with you. Obviously, um, as, as our listeners probably have heard both of us say before, I don't do any of the editing of our show. Sam is the, Sam is the on-air talent. So <laughs> she, she, she shows up, she mics up and she goes from there. Right. I'm not the producer or the editor. I am just uh, the co-host. And I shouldn't say just the co-host. Obviously, it's Im- it's important. But you do a lot of the creative. You are, you are the co-host. The. <laughs> the co-host. But you do more of the creative side and even coming up with our topics more than I do. Although occasionally I come up with the topics and find the guests. But I would say the other part of this for me is it's different than being creative. It's about the socializing. I don't know that I thought of this when we first started, but it has become a big part of my social outlet during the pandemic. I'm a very extroverted person. I really like interacting with other people, talking to other people. Obviously, you know from listening to me, I'm a big talker. Well, they they, do, they don't know that. Yeah, because I, I edit, edit huge chunks of the show out. So yeah. 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 Hashtag who wants more Sam? <laughs> right. But no, I um, in the pandemic, it, it really has become one of my social outlets because we've been really careful, you know, with the pandemic and cautious, particularly because Nathan has not been able to be vaccinated until now. Now he's he's halfway there. But, you know, I would I want him to be able to go to school and taking on some risk factors by having him going to school in person for um, most of uh, the last year and a half. I you know, it means I, I'm more cautious in other places. So yeah, that would be the, the other reason. Well, that segues into another question that we had from Chris, who writes, how did you balance the risk of sailing with your son when he was unvaccinated? How did it feel with that risk on the ship? I, I will say we waited a long time to travel. And it was really during that lull in the summer months uh, where, you know, we had that brief glimmer where everyone thought we'd finally licked this thing that we did decide to travel. Before Delta was really known. Yeah. And we, at that moment in time, we were both vaccinated. So we we hunted a vaccine here as soon as it became available. So we both got vaccinated very early uh, and were fully vaccinated by, you know, I think around, well, by April, we had our second shot. So by the end of April, we were fully vaccinated. And I remember traveling for the first time solo. I did a solo trip to Disney World. You can hear about that in our back catalog. You know, it was nerve wracking. And so it was with no small amount of trepidation that we decided to take Nathan on a trip. Now, Sam and Nathan traveled to Baltimore, I believe, before we ever set foot on a cruise ship. And so, you know, and we traveled to Disneyland uh, as well. And so, you know, one of our friends through this show is is uh, Steve Creasy, and he's a pilot. And I just had a lot of discussions with him over throughout the pandemic because he's been flying the entire time. And um, he kind of got me comfortable with the idea of flying and it being safe. And so we made the calculus. And it's not a calculus we expected everyone to make, but we looked at cruising. And actually, I think we went to Hawaii even before we cruised. We looked at these vacation opportunities as where can we go where we will feel safe. And, you know, at the time Hawaii has and still does has a lot of pre-trip testing protocols. Uh, Alani was, you know, mask wearing and all of that sort of stuff indoors. And so we felt pretty safe going there because we said, you know, we're going to be outdoors most of the time. We're at the beach and at the pool and 
inside, we weren't running into a ton of people and it was reduced capacity. And so we felt pretty comfortable with that. Same thing with sailing. I mean, the first few cruises we took were such reduced capacity. Those ships were like ghost towns. And at the same time, they were doing testing before the cruise. They were doing testing at the port, you know, and, you know, the mask wearing and all that sort of stuff. We just, it, it felt like a lot of the protocols were there. And so we, we balanced that out with the risk to our son and just decided it, you know, we felt okay with, feel a heck of a lot better now that he's getting vaccinated. You know, the kid has had so many COVID tests, I can't even count them anymore. He does them himself <laughs> primarily because he He's knows really the drill. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll say this last cruise was a scare for us. We'll be talking about it more later this week uh, because, you know, Nathan got sick on the very first full day that we were sailing. And, you know, that was like, oh my God, you know, and he had to have COVID tests on board and that's already nerve wracking. And, you know, spoiler alert, turns out it's just a cold and I still have it uh, a little bit. Sam's over it. Nathan's over it. And so, Hashtag, you can still get a cold in 2021. <laughs> but, you know, we're traveling to Alani later this month and um, we'll be traveling on the magic out of Miami. And so, look, it's definitely in the back of my mind. At this point, we feel fairly safe with it because we're all going to be fully vaccinated for the most part. Nathan will have, you know, until early January before his vaccine is like fully set in. But, you know, for, for us, that's, that tells us there's, you know, what we're here. It's 100% that we probably won't end up in a hospital or dead if we get COVID. We just may get a cold or, or you know, something slightly worse than that or like the flu. So anyway, that that's what gives us a little bit of a little bit of solace, I think. But it was nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking. I don't think we were entirely comfortable with it when we did it, but we decided to go for it. And, you know, I'm glad we did because we've been able to make some fun family me- memories and have some unique experiences during this pandemic. Yeah. The only thing that I would add to that is I would not have sailed on just any cruise line. I would not have sailed on probably, I, I mean, I don't know, I might have sailed on something like Viking, something really high end to trust that they were going to have protocols in place to protect passengers. But I'm I'm right now, um, you know, I feel very comfortable with everything Disney Cruise Line has done. I have heard about other cruise lines and some of their protocols, it's a mixed bag, but I I don't think I would have been willing or keen to jump on a carnival ship in August. Let me say that. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, and look, other people were, and that's great. Well, we just need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our fabulous show sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. We have said it before, but let me say it again. We love using touring plans travel ourselves we use them to book all of our disney vacations and some other vacations we have on other cruise lines and just absolutely adore our travel specialist over there she has gotten our family out of a jam in more ways than one and more times than one she waits on hold for us when we don't have the time to i can just quickly email her to get pricing on things and book things i don't have to go through all the process and hassle I don't have to monitor for deals. She lets us know when there are deals. And for cruise lines, not Disney, sometimes they put things on sale and she's able to rebook them and save us money. So I don't even have to think about it. So just absolutely love our travel specialist over there and know you will too. So if you're interested in booking your next Disney vacation, Disney cruise line vacation, or any kind of cruise vacation, really head over to Touring Plans Travel. You can find them at touringplans.com slash travel and get a free quote from them. If you decide to book, let them know the DCL duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, I I think that segues us into another question from Jennifer who wrote, what's the secret of being able to travel so often? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to answer that. Well, yeah, we, we are traveling often right now. Uh, but but I don't know that that's always going to be the case. So Sam, go ahead. So there, there are two things. So the, well, the, the big secret is, which isn't, shouldn't be a secret is if you spend your money on 
at other things, you're not going to have money left over to take vacations, right? So our our disposable income, you know, we put a lot of it to our travel budget. We want to travel, something we enjoy doing. I'd rather travel more than have designer clothes or designer shoes or or really design or anything. So that's a big part of it. You know, we live within our means as far as our house, right? We we have a we have a, a nice house in a nice neighborhood, but could we have tried, you know, to buy a bigger house and have a bigger mortgage? Yeah, probably, but that would probably result in us not being able to take as many vacations. The other thing is like Brian said, now we're taking a lot more vacations and that's in part because both of us get quite a bit of vacation and we did not take any vacations or really go anywhere for about a year and a half, right? So in the middle of the pandemic or the the, the better part of the pandemic, we were stuck at home. Uh, I say stuck at home because we chose to sort of stay home. I think we took that first summer, we took a, a vacation up to Birch Bay, which is kind of at the border of Canada and Washington, but still in Washington. But we only took like a couple of days off of work. Uh, it was just to be like on the water, right? We really didn't take vacations. So we saved up a bunch of our vacation time. And because of that, Brian is going to what's called use it or lose it. We both have employers that allow you to roll over a certain amount of vacation, uh, but they cap it at, at some point and Brian is close to that. So that's the other part of the reason. So our travel budget, we didn't really spend uh, last year. Our travel, our vacation time, we didn't really spend for a year and a half. And so we're kind of, I'll say, making up for lost time. So we don't always travel as much. This year, since August, we have traveled more than usual, and that will continue for about the next six months. And then I think that will kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I, Sam, I'll quibble. I'll say we actually, so we don't travel as much as we are right now, but we are good for probably six or seven trips a year. Four, they would not have all been as many cruises as we're taking right now, primarily because we used to only be seven night or longer sailings. Now that we've started to experience three and four night cruises, I'm not sure that that will change a ton. It's just been an opportunity that we've had right now. But we used to take three or four night, you know, quick trips down to to Disneyland. Yeah. Down to Disneyland for the weekend. Yeah. And so that's one thing. The other thing I was going to say is there is a tip in here, which is, you know, we balance paying for experiences with sort of I would say timing. And so I, we constantly look for, we're sort of forced to do this a little bit because our son's in school. We also look for those long weekends, those opportunities where you trade day of vacation time and you turn it into two days of vacation time. Or, you know, I get Christmas and Christmas Eve off. And so that means that's two days during Christmas week. I spend three days of vacation. I get a whole week, right? So we look for those kinds of opportunities and we book our vacations around them. It means we spend more for cruises because we spend more to go to Alani because we're there during Christmas week. But as Sam said, that's that's the trade-off we make. We, we're willing to put more money toward the experiences and the vacations and we just look for those kinds of opportunities. I think, you know, once Nathan's out of the house, we'll probably look for opportunities in the off season as well. But for now, uh, that's kind of how we balance it out. So a couple questions about the cruise line here, Sam. So one from... Chris is, how long do you think the period of smaller sailings is going to last? And my quick answer to that is it's already gone. So it's already um, done. Yeah, they're still at lower capacity, but they're by no means at low capacity these days. I'm sure that there are some sailings out there that defy that. But you know, we were just on the fantasy and it had 2200 people on board. I expect the sailings to continue to increase in capacity. There's a possibility that Omicron might 
throw a wrench in the works, although it's unclear kind of what its impact is going to be in the U.S. just yet. You know, that said, the conditional sailing order is supposed to convert to guidelines here in January, assuming the CDC doesn't extend it in the face of Omicron, which they very well could. But the cruise lines are clearly kind of steadily upping their capacity as they go. Disney World's upping its capacity. So it's the same kind of story from Disney World to the cruise line where they started off slow, very manageable, and they've slowly kind of revised and upped and, you know, relaxed protocols over time. So the cruise line is the slowest to relax protocols as I think it should be given that it's, you know, kind of a contained environment and uh, they don't want the reputational hit. But so I, anyway, small sailings are gone. They're still reduced sailings, uh, but they're not as reduced as they once were. All right. Well, the last question here comes from Jonathan, who asked, if you could design the adult spaces on a DCL ship, what types of destinations would you include? I'm not sure what that means, but would there be an overall theme to the space and what is it? So I, th- oh, I see what you're saying. Ooh. So yeah, if you could, de- if you could design kind of the adult area of a Disney ship, what would it look like? Sam, you can take that one first. Oh gosh, I'm not that creative. <laughs> It'd be all karaoke bars all the time. Yeah, no, I, I, I would, I don't know that I would come up with an overall theming. I kind of, I mean, I love the Europa with the different countries. But I might put a little bit more Disney IP into even the adult spaces. Now, I wouldn't like go crazy and have it like thrown up all over the spaces. But I like how, for example, Remy being, you know, themed for Ratatouille, the way that they're going to be theming the the new um, nicer restaurants with Beauty and the Beast, or I should say the signature dining with Beauty and the Beast theming. So a little more Disney touches maybe or Disney IP touches. In particular, the kinds of spaces I would like to see on board. And this is something we kind of chatted a little bit with Jonathan on on a a show we just recorded that'll be out uh, sometime in the next probably month or so. But I love dueling piano bars. And there is a piano bar, really the champagne bar often has a piano player or a couple of the other spaces depending on the ship. I would love to have a dueling piano bar, but then you need two pianists and two pianos and that's a big space. I'm not sure that they would do it, but I think that would be fun even if it was two upright pianos. And I would love it like a karaoke bar. I, I think that would be really fun. So they could do some kind of like pool hall, like billiards hall. That would be kind of fun. I don't know. I, I like a lot of uh, a lot of different a lot of different things, a lot of different spaces, but I really love the Europa theming. All right, I'll give my theming. So I love the idea of a, an escape room. I also love the d- idea of private karaoke, which they have on board on board Virgin Voyages. But I think my idea has to be basically like haunted mansion themed as an adult space. Ooh, that would be where fun. Where you have like an onboard area that looks like kind of that haunted mansion-esque space and different rooms from the mansion for the different bars and, you know, that sort of thing. I think that could be kind of fun as a theme. So yeah, or, or maybe just pick like a land from the park and replicate it on the ship as like the adult area. So you've got like Tomorrowland and, you know, a bunch of different bars. The hard part of either of those is that currently when you're on board, yes, Europa has a theme, but each space is so unique in Europa from the tube in London to Ooh La La and the British pub, right? It's, they're all sort of very different spaces. I, I fear that something like a haunted mansion or something like that would just be, it'd be one theme imbuing the entire area and that could get a little old for people. But my, my only ask for Disney Cruise Line is just more from an adult perspective. I'd love some more live music. 
uh, on board. I mean, I know they have the piano player and such, but it just, and I know they're catering to families, but it just feels like the nightlife dies off pretty quickly and you're left with the silent DJ party, which is, you know, not actually my favorite. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's my idea. Sam, anything else you want to add to this show before we sign off? I'm trying to think if there's anything we didn't answer that we were asked and we like we didn't answer fully or something. I, you know, I can't think of anything else. But I, you know, if people have additional questions for us, we'd love to uh, do another one of these. Uh, ask us anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I just want to say we will definitely be doing another one of these. It may be a few months before we do it, but we will definitely reach out. So if you've got those questions, send them our way and we will put them in the queue. Uh, I just want to thank everyone out there who did submit questions and thank all of our followers in our Facebook group, uh, which is a fun group to be a part of and on Patreon and on Twitter. Just thanks to all of you out there for listening and for submitting your questions and we will see you next week. See ya. Well, I hope you enjoyed that Ask Me Anything episode with the DCL Duo. Uh, if you've got more questions for us or things that you wanted to hear us answer that we didn't, you know, be sure to send those our way and we will start to put them together and hold them for the next one of these that we do maybe in a few months. And you know, we'll also put the call out on social media and such. But that means you got to head over and follow us on Twitter or join our Facebook group or something along those lines so that, you know, when we put the call out, you'll see it and you'll send us the question. So head over there and, you know, follow along. We'll also try to put a call out on one of our episodes. And you're always free to email us at dclduo.gmail.com as well. With that, I just do want to thank every one of you out there for listening this week. Uh, our show this week is a little late, but we are getting back into the rhythm of doing the bonus show and the main show. Our main show will probably be out on Friday this week. So thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. You can also get more great content from the DCL Duo by browsing youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog content over there. We're still working on some more videos, so head over there, check those out. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or you can head over to Facebook and join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping us to defray the cost of this show each and every month. Of course, we can always be found on social media at DCL Duo, so connect with us out there as well. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.